Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. I'm Sophia Beck, and I'm joined by my co host, Tigran Sloyan. Hi, Tigran. Hey, Sophia. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm super excited to talk about how to design an assessment with candidate experience in mind today. Yeah, it's an important topic because uh, many cases when companies design assessments, the only thing that they keep in mind is how accurate is the assessment? Uh, like, do we get the right signal? Do we evaluate the candidate in the in the way that's going to be, you know, calibrated with our phone screens and our own sites mm-hmm. and our the job itself. Yeah. Uh, and it's really easy in all of that to forget the candidate experience because at the end of the day, well, one, if the experience is not great, they might not even do it. And right. two, if it's not great, your offer conversion rates are going to suffer because if I complete an assessment and it was really bad, yeah. uh, that I, it starts creating an impression of the company, right? That's my one of my first associations, one of my first interactions with your company. And mm-hmm. if it didn't feel great, I'm like, do I really want to work here? Yeah. So they, we need to see the big picture of this is an assessment, like part of the entire, you know, the interviewing process. So the end goal is we want to find great talent and then hire them, right? So yeah. it needs to be hand in hand. Yeah. And yeah, just like you, you think very carefully about your like on-site interviews, you do interviewer trainings to make right. sure they say the right things, they kind of interact with the candidate in a very polished way. Uh, that's kind of how you want to think about assessment design because it's, right. it's one of the interactions with the candidate and it has to be, has to have high quality. Yeah. And people often think that because, you know, sometimes for the this assessment, it'll be asynchronous so that you don't really see it. So you don't necessarily put it into the context of well, it's part of the entire candidate experience and yeah and also if the candidate does not take it then it's just no data versus (laughs) you know trying to get the most accurate data out of the assessment results versus no data so that's important so yeah what are some of the ways to um to create assessment that delivers also great candidate experience yeah, well, the first thing to keep in mind is the length of the assessment because mm. uh, it's very tempting to create very long assessments. And that's probably one of the first things that happens because in many cases, companies task the hiring managers or the interviewers to create an assessment. And of course, the only thing that they keep in mind is, uh, well, okay, let's measure everything that we need to measure, <laughs> right? Let's just... Yeah, and one okay. cue, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Let's just take the entire job description and put every skill we have into this assessment and they end up with this like three, four hour long assessment. And of course, the recruiting team who thinks about it more from the candidate perspective uh, doesn't have usually the technical confidence to say, wait a second, what are you doing? So they're like, okay, I guess we do need a three hour long assessment or a three hour long. To really assess the skill. (laughs) Right. 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 Then they send it to the candidate and then they're like, yeah, well, no one's doing it. Mm-hmm. So what do we do about that? So our research shows that, you know, when assessments go over the 90 minute mark, you start seeing exponential drop off up until about 90 minutes, you get 
decent completion rates. It does start dropping a little bit, starting around 60 minutes, but up until 90, it's not a significant drop. Mm-hmm. When you do go over the 90 minutes, the willingness to take it just goes exponentially lower, especially if the assessment is going at the top of the funnel, not like before an on-site or after an on-site where the candidate is really committed, right? Like if you're kind of going to do evaluations closer to the top, you don't have a big commitment from the candidate just yet. A long assessment is really going to just ruin it all. Uh, now, when you try to make assessments too short, though, right? Like one could say, like, why not make it very short? Well, then you're not going to have an assessment that's reliable enough to, you know, measure skills and have it be a relevant signal to the later stages of the process. Uh, also, like, it, it's not going to have the predictive power to say whether or not this person will perform well in the later stage in an interview or on the job. Exactly. We need to collect enough data, but maybe like we need to know like when we are like pushing too far and it's going to cause like ending up not collecting any data. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So really when you try to push it below uh, the 60 minute mark, that's kind of the territory that you end in where it's not enough data to be, to have predictive value. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the 60 to 90 minute, 90 minute mark is really the sweet spot where you do have enough data to be able to, uh, make an informed decision, but it's not so overwhelming for the candidate that they're just not going to be willing to do it. I see. How about, um, does it matter to like does the number of questions in the assessment also matter like is it better to have you know five of those short questions to do a 60 minute assessment or is it better to have just like one project that takes the the whole 60 minutes from the candidate experience point of view yeah absolutely it it boils down to what you're trying to measure i think each has its place closer to the top of the funnel where you're trying to get a as sort of like a reasonable holistic understanding if the candidate should move forward in the process. Getting a uh, sense of like bits and pieces just to, to, to understand the breadth more than the depth in a single area mm-hmm. tends to be more valuable. And when you're trying to understand the breadth instead of the depth, having multiple short questions and maybe sometimes a combination of coding and multiple choice questions ends up being the best combination because you get to Again, not prolong the test for too much, but you mm-hmm. get to measure different specific attributes and you get mm. to see uh, a little bit of everything. Now, in the later stages of the process, if you're trying to like double down on one specific area and measure like just the depth more, giving a project a single question that's a little bit more involved, that's more like a project could be a more effective way. But then again, a project sounds way more daunting and it usually requires more time to do. So you mm-hmm. want to reserve that for the later stages where the candidate is more committed. And uh, ideally, you want to make your project about the company because that way it will be even more exciting. So it would be a learning experience for the candidate in terms of creating a good candidate experience and not just sort of like some random go build some weird project that has nothing to do with the job. I see. Yeah. So it's, it is an opportunity to also kind of uh, give the glimpse of what, what it's like to work as a software engineer if you join our team and exactly. kind of really get the candidate excited about the type of work and challenges, technical challenges that they can work on. Um, how about difficulties? Because, um, you know, 
I guess when we are talking about the top of the funnel assessment, like is there also um, a better way of arranging the difficulty as, you know, if we're going to have, let's say three to four questions, does it matter to have the easiest question at the first or last, or it doesn't necessarily actually show difference? Yeah, this is actually a really interesting piece as well, because a lot of companies just design the test. If they're doing it in-house, they okay. put the, uh, the, they pick one or two questions, usually pretty difficult because they're like, well, this is our bar. You can either do it or you can't do it, right? And everybody wants to have a really high bar because right. that's also a pride, right? Like right. I'm this smart. <laughs> well, but what they forget is that a, a large number of candidates who's not going to be qualified is still going to take the test and is still going to have an impression about the, the, that test and they're going to share it with their friends and they're going to write a glass to review about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so typically, again, based on what we've seen in our research because we design assessments all day long, is having at least a few like warm-up questions, even if it's way below your bar, right? Like hmm. what it ensures is that, well, most candidates aren't getting a zero because if they're getting a zero, they're really demotivated because you just told them they pretty much worthless, right? They can't do anything. So uh, getting a zero is a terrible feeling. So you want them to get a non-zero score hmm. if they are able to do at least something. And in that sense, starting them off with a slightly easier warm-up question, even if it's way below whatever bar you have, is a good opportunity to, one, get them comfortable, yeah. and to make even the weaker candidates not walk away feeling like... Uh, this was excessively difficult for no reason. Exactly. Right, right. Because, yeah. I mean, sometimes even in the non-technical interviews, there is the grueling part, right? You just grill right. the, you know, the candidate because you want to see how they you know, act or how they perform in a stressful environment. But then right. we also see that in many researchers show that that actually does not really do much of a good in <laughs> identifying good candidates anyway. Yeah. So. Well, you want the candidate to walk away thinking this was fair. Like even mm -hmm. if they got the job, didn't get the job, met the bar, didn't met the bar. Like they right. want them to walk away feeling that it's fair. Well, and fair if process you and then, something, but yeah. you got a zero, you feel like it was unfair. Nice. Yeah, I see. Well, thank you so much for sharing your um, advice and knowledge about the mm -hmm. how to design assessment with a candidate experience in mind. Because candidate experience is a, a big topic in uh, recruiters' mind, and definitely um, this was a helpful tips for everyone. Okay, thanks, well, Sophia. thank you so much, and thanks for joining today. Uh, for more tips and insights on data-driven recruiting, please visit ddr.cosignal.com. We'll see you next time.